Welcome to Making Conversations, a podcast from makers Gemma Millen and Robin Galway. Today we are making conversations with Sarah McLaughlin of Zara Ceramics. Hi Robin. Hi Gemma, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Not too bad. How's your lockdown been? It's all a bit of a blur at the moment. Yeah. What have you been up to? Quite busy. I think people have been bored at home possibly and online ordering. So thankfully I feel very lucky to still be going, but it was chaos moving studios and trying to feel like you were dodging the police, trying to do simple things that you would have done every day that you can't really do anymore. Like even going to the post office was like an epic scene out of 007 or something. Uh, my life didn't really change too dramatically for lockdown. I've got to be honest. It just really restricted where I could go and what I could participate in. Took up a few new hobbies over lockdown, done a bit of sewing. Yeah, and just have been pottering about the house in the garden. So not too bad, really. Just miss your wonderful face. And yours too. (laughs) (laughs) So enough chatty catcha. We wanted to say hello, as it's been ages since we released our last episode, all the way back in 2019, in August, when times were simpler. This year is a bit more special, not just because apparently it's the end of the world, but we are really delighted to share that we've received funding from the Arts Council of Northern Ireland as part of their Artist Emergency Programme. And with that, we will be producing 10 exciting new episodes with wonderful local makers. This episode is the first and it's with Sarah McLaughlin of Zara Ceramics, a fresh ceramics graduate from Ulster University, whose drive and motivation is wonderful. So let's start this conversation. So we are here with Zara McLaughlin, uh, also known as Zara Ceramics. Hello Um, everyone. You, this is really exciting. So this is strange. We're doing this online. We would have met you in person. I know. Um, so it's the new, the new digital lockdown age, isn't it? It's so weird. Everything yeah. is Zoom now. Oh gosh. Uh, yeah. Are you zoomed out? It is oh, it... constant zooming. <laughs> I don't think I could do any more Zoom quizzes if I tried. <laughs> oh, yeah, we would have we would have met in person, and like we we really do love that. But um, it's even stranger because we've never physically met you as well. So yeah. <laughs> we we're just me and Robin are just full time stalkers of yourself, and yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, we just we thought you are going to be brilliant to kind of have, especially as our first. This is a series, the second series. We have been really lucky to get funding from the Arts Council to interview the likes of yourself, and so you're you're number one. You're the first one that we're I doing. Feel really so. special to be the yeah. first one on you should absolutely I I can live up to the expectations oh no you're grand absolutely so you have literally you literally just received your degree this week um yeah like a couple days ago yes and you got a first class honors congratulations thank you thank you so much that is not something to get easily at all so well done and never mind during lockdown so well done you oh my gosh before we kind of get to kind of here let's kind of take it back a wee bit so you are a ceramicist ceramicist located in Balamoni (laughs) Balamoni amazing and so how did that come about were you always really creative as a child you know did you want to be a ceramicist since you were a toddler (laughs) whenever whenever I was younger like my my granny would have always like thrown down a coloring book in front of me like I feel like I was always like just like I've always gravitated towards art and craft and I just love to make things but whenever I went to school like I went to Korean grammar and um, whenever I was there it was Korean girls high school so 
um when I was there I did a lot of painting and drawing like we never touched clay we never really did craft we literally only painted and drawn and I thought I was going to be this fine artist like I thought I was going to be doing all these paintings um and so whenever I left secondary school I decided to do the foundation diploma in Lima Valley so I went there for a year and I was still like oh I just I really love painting I don't know if like anything else but I sat down um to do the first ceramics class and I just fell in love with the material so I did it for a while and I was still not sure if like this was what I wanted to do full-time I didn't really know enough about it but I got to the end of my diploma and I was like right I need to start looking I want to continue this so I want to go to university like that has always been the dream I was like oh I want to go to an art university like I want to be one of those people who like does art full-time um but I knew it was going to be really, really hard. But anyway, I was like, right, I'm going to go in here and I'm going to look at courses. So I went on my laptop, typed everything in. And I was like scrolling through the courses with my dad and we were looking at them. And I was like, OK, fine art. Like I've always thought I was going to be a fine artist. So I I clicked onto it to apply for it. And then I was looking at my other options. Um, and one that came up was ceramics, jewellery and silversmithing. And I was like, oh, gosh, like, what's that? Like, that just seems really interesting. Like, I've always loved working with my hands. I love making things. And so I clicked onto it. I watched the wee video and I was like, you know what? Like, I can kind of see myself there. And my dad was like, if you can see yourself there, I think you need to go for it. And like, really, like don't worry about um fine art but I went to the interviews anyway with my two giant folders underneath my arms like <laughs> like walked in um and I went to the fine art uh, interview and I just I don't know I just didn't really like like it went really well but I just didn't click and then when I went to my silversmith and jewelry ceramics one um I just had like a different experience like it was just so welcoming and I just really enjoyed the whole process and like talking about my work and what I was doing anyway down the line I got offers for both and then decided like right I think I'm gonna go with the ceramic story services one but this is like the weird part so whenever I went in I didn't realize that you could either just do ceramics or just do jewelry or like I thought I would be doing like a mixture of everything so I had all my tools for like everything. And I was like, right, I'm going to do jewellery. I don't know what came into my head or like what <laughs> made me do this. But I was like, I'm going to do jewellery. So I went in and for the first three weeks, I like really just gave it my all. And like, I used to, I don't know, I think it was because I was in that really weird headspace because I just moved to Belfast. I was just on my own. I was throwing everything at it. I was really giving it my all. And I was like telling myself, like, you can do this. This is great. But I was really struggling um, and I couldn't I couldn't understand what it was like I loved art but like the material and the metal and the hammering of the metal just wasn't for me like I just couldn't do it and I was like no like I've worked all this time and I just really don't understand like why I just can't get into it so I took a break one day and I went to the ceramics department and I sat down with my friend who was like working with a ball of clay and she handed me a ball of clay and I started like playing with it and like making bits and pieces and I was like you know what no this is where I need to be like I need to move and I need to move now so I was thinking about it and I literally went to bed that night and when I got up in the morning I was like right no can't do this anymore and I went to my lecture and I was like I need to switch over to ceramics would that be okay and they were like yes of course like so like three weeks in then I just threw myself into ceramics and 
I, I tell everyone I feel like I've been bitten by the clay bug because I am just <laughs> addicted to clay now like I love it and I love like working with clay and I love how you can create functional stuff and be able to sell and market it that way but I also really love the whole artist and like creating sculptural work and making things like that so it really gave me the best of both worlds just loved it brilliant and so I mean even like looking back as well because you've you've really documented your time at university on your Instagram which is just absolutely phenomenal that you've had like the the, the mindset to do that in advance it's kind of like a lovely little um catalogue or like a collection or archive of that but even looking back on those you can really see how proficient you were at all these different material processes so like a, a large part of um, you, you seem to be divided into kind of two I would say is that you are amazing at throwing you, you like <laughs> you have that, that in the bag I no, do love it definitely yeah. yeah so you yeah whereas you know and then you also have this art side as well um so what what was the first kind of processes that you you know really confirmed you what did you start throwing or was it hand building or was it subcasting what you know was first so, in that I think I've always like I started off really enjoying hand building and then I sort of like because the wheels were there in the university myself and my friend Claire she's also known as Claire MC Ceramics and Rebecca Drysdale Drysdale Ceramics on Instagram we like would just we were we were just obsessed with the wheels so we would stay like really late at night and just throw and throw and throw and throw and throw and I knew from the very beginning that I would really love to make a business out of this because I knew art was going to be really, really hard to find a career afterwards. So like I did start making and selling bits and pieces um, whenever I was at uni. Um, but no, I, gra- I was really fond of throwing, but there was also something missing there for me because I have always wanted to make art and like sculptural and so whenever I was like like learning the different processes I fell into slip casting now slip casting is so difficult like even now I find it really really challenging and so it was a bit of a love-hate relationship because I would go in and I would make something and I would love like molding like a form and then creating it in clay but then things would go wrong and I'd be like no I'm not doing this anymore I can't I can't face another plaster disaster like I just can't do it and so I would walk away from it and then I would find myself gravitating back into it so like last semester I was building these houses and I just couldn't get the finish that I wanted like I love like clean lines everything to be quite crisp and Mm. so my technician was like why don't you 3d print them and we can like we could like mold them you could do more like slip casting I was like oh, I don't know if I could do this again and so I put I was like okay I'm going to give it a go and I just fell in love with 3d printing as well so we started like printing all these things and I would start making the molds and I would make the molds the molds would fail and I would do it again and I'm such like a stubborn person so whenever it went wrong I was like no I'm gonna make this work so I went back to it and just kept just kept pushing forward with it and just kept going and like eventually I did get there but it did take a lot of time um and I didn't really like ever I didn't like get like really good at like mold making until I went and did um a workshop with Ed Bentley um over in Stoke so I got some funding last year from the Dagenhart scholarship and so I went over to Stoke for a week 
um, and learned to properly move Mick with Ed Bentley and it was great wow. and I like really opened my eyes to like what I could do with my mold making so I could be making functional wear as well as sculptural wear with this one process and I think that's what really like drove me to like keep pursuing it because I could see such like great results from it and mm-hmm. it's such like a it's so, it's so hard that like every time that it was like defeating me I was like no like this cannot defeat me I need to keep going I need to keep practicing and I just need to keep pushing forward with it um and eventually I got there but yeah it was hard work and I do I do still love throwing now I bought my first wheel back last year after I'd saved enough from I did a lot of craft fairs um and saved up and bought the first my first wheel and so I would sit at the weekend so I'd be doing all my university work during the week and then at the weekends I'd be like right I need to make stuff I want to make stuff and sell and so I would make these mugs so I've always been mugs so like I feel like a bit like I'm just making mugs all the time but like I just <laughs> love I don't know I just love them so I would be making these mugs at the weekend pack them all up and then take them back to Belfast to fire in the kiln right oh my gosh <laughs> so yeah my head like I literally I just ceramic 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 so literally yeah all the time so I, I just juggle both of them all the time but no yeah. I'm definitely finding slip casting is where I want to go and the route I want to like go down more and like really just but it's you know it's like getting all this equipment like ceramics is so expensive too Gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah so yeah oh but, but for, that's incredible actually we did want to really pick up on that <laughs> because you got the Richard Degenhart um scholarship yeah. um which you know you have followed a lot of very incredible people that have been awarded that like um Rebecca Killen and uh Wendy Ward both people who are really you know on the top of their game especially making slip cast pieces as well but how did you choose then Ed Bentley how did that come about was um how did you do your research you know on where you were going to go to to learn that those skills or yeah so what, what was... I had I had been following him on Instagram for quite a while um, and I know he's like at the top of his game when it comes to mold making specifically and I was just really really struggling with how to make these perfect molds and he's just so friendly on Instagram so I did my research I was reading all the reviews and he just got like such a glowing report like he's been doing this for 30 years like over 30 years and you just think to yourself like wow like like how can you just and honestly whenever I met him he's the most lovely human and anyone will tell you that he's just so lovely um and he just sort of like lit the fire again for mold making because he he, he just does it with such ease um and so it was over in Stoke so we went over to Stoke and while I was there the ceramics biennial was on too so we got Mm -hmm. to like look around it as well and see all of the other creators so I just feel like I was just like thrown into it um but no I really I really did enjoy my time over there and I I would go over again in a heartbeat because I just loved my time over there brilliant that's great was how long was it then was it a, um, a week or a month or yeah we I just went over for a week yeah um and I learned how to work on the lathe um and then we like drew up a design and then he showed me how to plan that out to create it on the lathe and which was great because I had never used the lathe and then when I came back to university I was just glued to the lathe um and there's two in Ulster and like nobody was really on them so I would be like in the morning setting up and like filling up the 
the cottles and then sticking it on and then all afternoon I'd just be lazing away they'd just be like snow in the plaster room <laughs> from like carving just like you have to like just wad through the snow of plaster but no it was great and we did that and then I learned how to really focus on making better molds Brilliant. it really helped for my degree like I would have I just I, I know I wouldn't have been at the same standard had I not gone Mm-hmm. And your exhibition work as well is just amazing and so well thought through. But do you think whenever you went into uni, like you were saying that you wanted to make a business side, but were you, you seem to have quite a balance and a natural aptitude for both production and exhibition. Do you see yourself as being quite split between the two? Or do you think that you kind of always did have that mindset for business? I don't know. This is the thing too. Like whenever I was at school, I studied business studies. And to be honest, like I was really, really not good at business studies. Like <laughs> my day level like, I was just not a business person. And so I it really did break my heart at the time because whenever I was at school, I was like, no, like I always wanted to have my own wee creative business. I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to sell things, I want to make. And so whenever I was like writing these essays and these essays were coming back, like not good, I was like, I'm never gonna be a business person. Like what am I doing what am I thinking like I can't do like what and so like I did always have that sort of like doubt in my back of my mind but I was still like because I am so stubborn I was like no I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna show them that I can be a business person and it's not all essays and it's not all about what you can remember and um all this other stuff that seems you seem to get graded on and so I don't know I I really do love making work to exhibit and I whenever I went to collect a couple of years I think it was last year I went to collect with my friend Claire and we were just blown away at the quality of the work like you see the stuff in books and online but it's not until you're actually there looking at it that you're like whoa like this stuff Mm -hmm. is insane and I was just like I would love I would love to be there one day like that is also like a goal like I would love to have like my work along like with all these other like phenomenal makers um but no I've always been very like split between the two because I love selling and making work to sell but I also love exhibiting and creating work just because I love to make yeah. so it's really hard to like pick between the two and I feel like um I don't know if you were the same when you were at uni but they like they do try to like funnel you into like one or the other and I know like why they do it because it's good to like specialize in one or the other but like I just find it so difficult to like pick between the two mm-hmm. um and one of my bigger and like biggest inspirations would be like the likes of Derek Wilson who's exhibiting and creating all this fantastic work um but also does make functional work on the side and I, I really look up to him and like how he's like he's just like blown it out of the water and how far he's come in 10 10 years is insane yeah well that's one thing actually I mean I didn't really want to bring your age into this because you are younger than me but whenever (laughs) I was your age you know I wouldn't have had the mental capacity to be as professional as you are so I don't necessarily think that your success has came just because you're young I think that you know there's just something there that 
you know, isn't necessarily there or available for, for most people because you have really just hit the ground running in terms of, you know, you have set up a business um, where, you know, you're making product, um, you have your branding there as well. Um, and that really ties in with your um, artistic work and your social media too, because you are absolutely killing it on social media. I mean, like right now you're just kind of shy of about a hundred people away from 5,000 followers, which yeah. for someone that Madness. literally has, yeah, graduated from like, well, like about a few days ago, you know, yeah. that is just phenomenal that you've had the kind of foresight to be able to kind of start that so early on. I mean, would you say that doing that business course, um, you know, in school, that that was kind of like a bit of a catalyst for you to say, actually, no, I'm going to do it my way. Um, you know, w- would you say that that was really the starting point for you to say, actually, I'm going to have both of, like this, this Derek Wilson style of high contemporary art, but also, you know, this functional business side of, of your practice too? Yeah, definitely. Like, and also, like, I've always been drawn to social media. Like, I've always been a little bit obsessed with watching people online when it comes to YouTube and like vloggers or like people who do like talk online like since I was like probably about 12 I have watched these people and like looked up to them and just thought wow like look at the confidence they have to like get on and speak to the camera and just talk about what they're doing like it just seems so crazy that someone would be able to do this but like I have always thought to myself like I would love to have the confidence to just pick up the phone and show people what I'm doing because it's kind of like storytelling too like you're telling a story when you're making um and when people are um buying from a creative person like they are buying a little bit of you because you have made it because it is handmade so I feel like I do want to tell my story a little bit and like let people know like what I'm about and what I'm doing or like where I'm at um I just think it adds to like the whole like the whole thing it, it's it's just lovely to have a community as well like I started my Instagram for my business page when I was in first year and it has given me so many opportunities that I just didn't even think would happen like Instagram has been such like it's just been crazy like whenever I was in first year I would be making mugs and I had um because I used to work in a cafe I had a friend who was really good at latte art and she um made me a mug or she made me like a latte art in one of my mugs I put it on my Instagram and a couple of days later I got a message from a guy in Liverpool who was starting a coffee shop and he was like like Zara I would love to really like stock your mugs and I was like whoa like I can't Amazing. believe that I could get these kind of co- like connections through Instagram like this wee tiny app that's on your <laughs> phone like how could that possibly like open you up to so much um but no it's been great and then talking on the camera is just a whole another ball game like I just didn't realize how much of an impact that would make and mm-hmm. I decided one day I was like you know what I'm just gonna do it I'm just gonna go on and I'm just gonna talk to the camera everybody else is doing it and I think I'm just gonna do it like I've always wanted to do it and I post my first video and I was like oh this is so scary like what are people gonna think and I think all of those like emotions where you're like oh like everybody's gonna like sit at home like watching this thing and what is she doing like it does hit like you do think those things but then once you keep posting them it almost sort of just fades into the background and you just you just like I just go now and like pick up my phone without even really thinking about it and just show what I'm doing or just speak Mm. to the camera or just just do it now without really without really thinking and the community and the people that I have like found along the way has honestly given me like 
such like passion to keep working and keep fighting because there's so many creatives online too that are like almost scared to speak on the camera because like a lot of people would message me and be like so I'd love to like start talking on stories like how are you doing this like what do you do and honestly like just just do it I know that you're going to be sitting at home thinking oh my days like what are people thinking of me but like the reality is nobody cares <laughs> nobody cares yeah and it's just a bit of fun and it really will make the world a difference so while you've said that your Instagram you know is such a massive support and there's such a huge community in there have you found any struggles with it because I know that there's a lot of you know um mental health issues that people would have whenever they're going on to social media um whereas whenever you're using it as a business do you think that still applies do you think that it's affected you in any way um you know having to kind of manage that while also going through a degree um definitely like it's definitely hard like obviously social media there's pros and cons to it like everything there's pros and cons to it um and definitely limiting yourself like I've had to turn my Instagram notifications off because it was really really affecting me like I would just be glued to my phone all the time and that is so it's like when your time is so valuable when you're making so you have to be really strict and I just was getting messages through constant and I don't like I never like to leave anybody waiting or make anyone feel disappointed or feel like I'm ignoring them because I I genuinely am not like it's just really really hard when you are making and this is your business and you like you're ours like you have to like I have to take this seriously now like I'm out of university like I need just the time and like whenever I whenever I turn them off like I know it's such a difference because I don't go on as much like I go on now with the intent to check um, and reply to messages when I need to whereas whenever it's constantly popping up on your phone like it can be really really distracting and like really kind of just destructive mm-hmm. so I definitely had to take a step back there because like I whenever there is so many people like watching what you're doing and responding it's so great but it can also be like really overwhelming um one of the things that I would probably say like whenever I go on now to do like I do little like flash seals so I put like so much up because I like have a week I have a week tiny kiln at the minute and there's only so much I can get through so I put up um I put up so much and then when it's gone like I, I genuinely <laughs> I get like flooded with comments and at the start like it really did hit me I was like oh my days like I I really hate like, even anybody feeling disappointed or like but I was just so so stretched and like there mm-hmm. does there comes a point where you have to say to yourself like like sorry like come on now like you, you have to like put yourself first like you can't be you can't be working 24 7 as much as I think I can work 24 7 I cannot work 24 7 and yeah. so I had to like I had to like have a serious talk to myself and be like look like you can only do what you can like you can only do your best and like I've always gone through life with that sort of mentality like you can only do your best and as long as I know that I've like thrown everything at it and I've done my best like there's nothing else but definitely turning the notifications off that really really helped when it comes to like mental health and all that like you you do need your time to just switch off from it because when you're running a business and when it's a business that you're doing on your own and your studios and your garage and your house and you're in lockdown and you can't leave like you need to find a way to switch (laughs) off and it can be really really difficult 
but you have to do it or you just drive yourself insane <laughs> yeah yeah or yeah just get that burnout because I think mm-hmm. with social media as well it's really changed the focus away from the making sometimes you know mm-hmm. a lot of people wouldn't have been able to really promote necessarily themselves as a maker and now there, there is that huge focus on you know people are buying a brand they're not necessarily mm-hmm. just buying a product anymore they're buying into you and they're buying yeah. a piece of you I so, agree with that but yeah, so that that it, it, I'm sure that's going to be really stressful. Um, yeah. But you don't you, you don't really need that stress. Yeah, as as you're a student as well. But um, you've coped with it quite marvelously. Um, I know. You know what though? Like even when I did, like there was weeks in uni where I would have really serious like burnout. Like I at the time, like I would be working on things and I would go in every day. Like I would be the person who gets up at eight o'clock every morning, go in and just like crack on. But when you do hit burnout, like, doesn't matter what you're doing, things just go wrong. And, like, I would, there was one week in particular when I was at university where things just, like, went wrong the full week. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, why is this, why is nothing working? And I went home that weekend and I switched off. Like, I unplugged. I was like, I am not touching site. Like I said, like, I usually would have made mugs or something. I didn't go into the studio. I didn't like turn on my phone I was like I just need time to walk away and I went away from it for the weekend and when I came back on Monday morning everything was fine the molds worked the molds fit together but like I promise you I was standing on the Friday like trying to work out why these four sides wouldn't go together and I just kept looking at it and it, all it took was just taking a step back unplugging walking away and then just come back with like with a fresh mindset and it's it's crazy what that can do because you get so like bogged down into like what you're doing that you forget sometimes to like just take a step back but no I agree you do need to like unplug yeah oh absolutely um and digital like social media and recording your stuff digitally as well as um having digital processes within your making seems to be something that you're quite Either you've worked really hard at, which I'm sure you have, but also you've taken to just so easily. Um, could you talk a bit about the 3D printing that you were discussing earlier? Um, so I don't know, like I'm not like a, like um I don't know an awful lot about 3D printing. I know the basics. And so whenever I was doing my 3D printing, I worked really close with a technician. It's something that I really want to like develop in more in the future but it's something that I was just sort of playing about with, but definitely I want to work on expanding. Brilliant. Um, so could you maybe talk a bit about your actual degree show work and exhibition work um, and maybe things that you'd made beforehand for exhibition because they are just, they're so beautiful. And I know you said that you're relatively new to 3D printing and I'm obviously uh, a jeweler and not a ceramicist yeah. but it just it looks like it's all just fitted together so well and so beautifully so could you talk a wee bit about that? So whenever I went in to do my final project I was like wondering what I was going to do I knew I wanted to look again at 3D printing because I had done it for my Dunkern project where I had 3D printed the houses but I wanted to sort of come at it at a different angle and it was a really strange time because we had just moved out of our family home so I was sort of like thinking about well how can I document a time in my life like because I've always been inspired by data I've always made things that 
to like represent something visually which comes from like numbers or like words or like just trying to create something from nothing has always been my goal and so whenever we had moved out of the house I was like trying to think of a way of like creating something which I could use like hold on to as a memory of home so I would like get my phone and I started recording sounds and then using the sound waves as data to produce these 3D prints but like I explored like working on the lathe before I even sort of took to the 3D printing um, so I would record the sounds um, and then chop them up and draw like the scaled drawings um, and then the scaled drawings went on to the lathe and then I was playing with them on the lathe and then I was like you know what like I really want to make these like twist and bend and warp because it was all about because I had been doing all my research into memory and like what is a memory and like why do we like to hold on to things and um, I found out like you know like a lot of what we do remember isn't always accurate because our memories are constantly warping and shifting over time so I was like how can I create something to hold on to as a memory of the past but also something that looks like it's constantly evolving and moving so I wanted to like bend the form and obviously couldn't do that on the lathe so I gravitated back again then to the 3D printer and then when I was on 3D printer I was like running around because I would have been all over the place at Belfast School of Art like I went to the photography department I was over in animation a while I was up in sculpture like I just was everywhere and so whenever I was doing my 3D printing I was like I'd love to be able to put some sort of like texture or like surface pattern on the surface so I went to animation and the animation technician helped me take photos and then we scanned them in and then I created texture from that so I took things like the wallpaper from my house and what else like we, we took pictures of like frosted glass um and then created like a surface from that and then also like when I was in recording the sounds I would take pictures of what was happening during that time so like my granny was making the dinner and I had been taking photos of all the pots and pans um and then taking them onto photoshop manipulating the images and then sending them to the um animation technician and he was able to create me like a skin to like wrap around the form so like everything sort of like interlinked um in different ways and it all came back to like trying to like hold on to something which was just constantly evolving. That's incredible and that's an incredible amount of processes you know across digital but then also like kind of traditional skills as well you know on the lathe and then you know you're doing slip casting as well which I know some people would definitely consider that to be a kind of new technique but it's it's definitely not and it's very labor intensive as well. Yes slip um, casting is, is definitely a lot trickier than it looks like I would spend probably about a week once I got the 3D. So once I had designed the drawing, I then got it 3D printed, which would have took a couple of days. And then I got the 3D print and I would have made the mold and the mold would have probably took me a week. And then the mold had to dry out. And then we started slip casting. And I like wanted to create these things, but they didn't want to be made. That's what I tell myself. So <laughs> I would like cast them and like put them in plastic tubs and then be building them. Like one of my pieces, which is all like curved and like twisted, it was actually built in the kiln so I had like saved up all my casts and then I would be like standing in the kiln room like slipping and sticking things together like that like just in the kiln like building this piece with loads and loads and loads of props um so no it was definitely definitely challenging but 
I'm so gutted that we didn't get to continue making them because I was in the thick of it whenever lockdown hit um, and I was making all these things and I remember being up in the sculpture department talking to my technician being like right I need to do this this and this we're going to do this this week I need to get these things cut and printed and whatever and then on the background on his like computer was like the news and it was like saying like all oh, schools are being shut everything's closing I was like oh no like what am I gonna do so it got to the point where I was like right I'm gonna have to pack everything up here and go home for a couple of weeks now I'm very lucky that I have like a garage conversion like little studio space so I was like it'll be fine I've got two weeks I'm gonna cast everything in my plastic tubs that I was doing and then I'll just bring all my plastic tubs up to Belfast and I'll build everything in the kiln everything will be fine like I've I'm always very like sick to target like I've always been like very scheduled person so when I was looking at it I was like this is a definite hurdle in my path but like we can do this so like I was sitting at home like casting everything um and storing tubs and then just over time like the reality sort of kicked in like I'm not going back to Belfast um so that was definitely a really strange thing to have to overcome as well I was like what am I gonna do now so I still made the pieces and then I would be building them but I didn't have the kiln access to finish them so Mm -hmm. they sort of like are now sitting on the shelf waiting until I can get them fired hopefully soon all being well um and thankfully our degree show now has been postponed to the following year so we will get a degree show and we will get to exhibit the work but there's so much like I was still planning to do like I was also planning to go and do some glass work as well to have like glass elements in with the forms as well um, which I am still gonna go and do it's just you know delayed at the at the minute <laughs> yeah everything is kind of on hold isn't it and that's yeah. the most frustrating part of it but um so talk us through about exactly what you had planned for the visual aspect of your degree show but then how that is now going to be a reality for next year so I had planned to do 22 um pieces now they were going to be like up to six foot tall um, and they were going to be cast and then joined and then probably some sort of internal support system to hold them up um, and I was going to have a bit of a mixture between like the curved ones and straight ones and it was going to be like this massive installation um, so <laughs> I have uh, a lot of the stuff is still in uni and I feel like when I go back it'll be kind of like post-apocalyptic because everybody <laughs> just dropped everything and like left and I kind of <laughs> can't imagine going back to pick up everything that is just sitting there but no everything like it will eventually be this huge installation and I still have the molds and I still have the 3d prints and so eventually um we will get to exhibit next year and I'm really looking forward to it because I feel like it's going to give me like there's always like a silver lining in everything and I feel like there has been a lot of good that came out of it because now I do have more time to sort of think about uh different things that I hadn't thought about like um inter like do I want to have them all straight like am I gonna include some more of my twisted ones which I was really like kind of like putting off but now I look at them and had more time to reflect I'm like you know like I, I think they were more successful just different things like that which I feel like you were so rushed through because we were like running it was like a race like to get to the finish line we only had a couple of weeks left and I don't know it's such a unique experience to just be like plopped out whenever you're in the middle of just go 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 to just be like right 
you've you've got till next year now so no I'm just really looking forward to getting the work done now because I've had it visualized for so long that I just can't wait to see it all coming together absolutely and currently your degree show would have actually been like it probably would have finished this weekend would it have been originally um this is the 13th of june that we're recording this on um but there is actually a website where your degree show is taking place at the moment it is uh bsoa2020.com um where you're having like a digital degree show essentially yeah yeah so um how did that come about then was that just an idea of the departments to say that this needs to be an online so I genuinely don't think the the decision to like not have a degree show was taken lightly because we were in constant conversation with our lecturers and with the head of school to like think about like what are we going to do like we're creative people we need to figure out like a creative solution to this like we can't just have nothing um we're gonna have to have we're gonna like they really wanted to give us the best opportunities that they could so the head of school put together this website and everybody submitted like images of what they had been working on and what they had up to date um and it was all comprised onto this website and i it had like a really really great response um and it's like such a it is making the best of the situation at the minute and i think everyone was really grateful to have that platform and have a way of like celebrating the, the work that we did make um but no it was really really great to have have that to work towards do you mind if i ask about obviously you've graduated or have you graduated and we know you got a first class honor so huge congratulations for that thank you but how what does graduation look like like it must feel so strange to have worked so hard for so long and then yeah it was really really hard to accept the fact that I wasn't going to have a degree show this year like that was one thing that whenever I started university I always like I always went to the degree shows I always looked at them and thought wow like one day like I'll be able to stand, be able to stand beside my work I'll be able to get dressed up and people will be coming around to look at what I've made like that just seems so crazy and exciting and something which I had always in the back of my mind like envisioned what that would have looked like and then so to be told like you're not having it this year was kind of like oh like okay like what now like do you know what I mean and so then also once that once I got over that I was like oh graduation like what is that gonna look like like surely like we can't walk across the stage and shake hands we can't be like (laughs) sitting like two meters apart from everyone like what kind of venue is gonna hold everybody like I just don't I just don't know I don't see it being well we don't know what's around the corner but I just don't see it happening this winter either like I don't understand how you could possibly we could possibly be okay to do it in in the winter I don't know you know like everything just seems to like fly at you just unexpectedly so who knows what will happen in a couple of months but at the minute um there's no sign of a proper graduation I threw like a little like mini graduation in my front room whenever I got my results yeah <laughs> so like I went on to Amazon and this is so sad and like ordered a cap and gown and so me and mom and dad like we were just like had like a little mini celebration um in the house which was good fun and it was a bit of a laugh when I got my photos so I mean you know making the best of every situation but hopefully down the line eventually we'll be able to um have a big celebration but like I lived with uh two girls who were textile students 
um, and they also find it really really difficult to sort of come to terms with the fact that like there's no degree show and there's no graduation because we had been working like I'd lived with them three for three years so we would literally have been flat out at the kitchen table like all year like making bits and pieces so to have seen behind the scenes and seen how hard they work um it was lovely to see them succeed as well but at the same time you're like I wish like I could have been there and we could have all like celebrated together and we could have gone out and had drinks or like went for dinner or like really had that proper um celebration experience or like I don't know it's, it's just so crazy the time that we're in yeah hopefully it'll all work out and we'll get some sort of proper celebration eventually just have to hang in there Definitely. and so how do you feel like obviously COVID has been a huge issue for what you know was meant to be happening for uh, 2020 for you has there been anything that's really surprised you as a result of the surprising events that have kind of unfolded like obviously you haven't been able to do your degree show as normal but your business seems to be doing really well do you think you've seen a surge in that because people are maybe more at home or is that pretty consistent for you or can you tell us a bit about that? So whenever I came home from university and this was like a couple of weeks after I had decided right the molds need to just be put aside for the time being because I can't get anything fired I was like now is the time to focus on saving for that bigger kiln like that's what I needed to progress so I was like right I'm gonna have to go all guns blazing into this business side of things and so when I started when I came home I noticed like so many more people are shopping online so many more people are buying um for friends online and there was just like this crazy surge of like e-commerce because obviously people couldn't get to the shops so they were looking for alternatives and at this time during lockdown I fell in with a lot of my like I'm from Balamani so I found all of the small business people in Balamani so all the small business like all the small people who had shops in the town were marketing and selling through Instagram and their stuff was just blowing up and it was just it was just going crazy and so like I had reached out to them and had had started having conversations with them about um how lockdown has affected them and how they've had like the drive to keep going and their lights are like now is the time like everybody is shopping online and like everybody has just it's so lovely to see the small business people thrive in the middle of a pandemic because you would think that these are going to be the people who are suffering the most and yes I'm sure there was like quite a few people who have suffered but the community and just like everything is just thriving in the midst of everything that's going on just to see like the community and everything thriving so I was like right I'm going to go back on the wheel I'm going to use what I have at home to try and push myself to get ahead to try and like just keep going um and obviously like being locked down there was only so many like banana breads that I could bake before I was like right now I need to do something else (laughs) so I started throwing these wee mugs um and I started like I made like these stay home mugs as like little momentums for people to have as like a memory of the time that we're in and then I started doing more like personalized options so I started doing that and people were stamping like little messages that they wanted to send people that we were missing because obviously everybody was drinking a serious amount of tea because <laughs> so um so yeah that was my little lockdown project I had just started making these mugs and honestly uh, I had just been overwhelmed with the amount of support um from my Instagram community from the small businesses around me from lectures everything 
has just been insane so even though we were in such like a strange time and my degree show was just like swiped from under my feet a lot of good did come from being locked down because now I have saved and have purchased my next kiln which is crazy like I just didn't think that would happen like I didn't think that whenever I left uni I would be able to buy that straight away because it is like a big investment so to have graduated and now purchased my big kiln and now have like my studio set up it's been a, like it's been a huge weight off my shoulders because I I think that is a worry for a lot of graduates that when you leave like what's next or like what are you going to do after but it all it all works out and at the minute like I'm still terrified I'm not gonna lie like I'm still really scared <laughs> but uh, I completely understandable it is nice to have like the community of like the the makers and then also like the small businesses and I just feel like there is just a huge like push to like keep going like there's nothing else for it like you just have to keep going mm-hmm. um so um if, if anybody that's familiar with your Instagram will have seen little studio shots um that you've put up you know in the background or whatever or any videos that you're doing but could you maybe talk a little bit about your studio and how you set that up and what equipment do you have and maybe what equipment that you're going to get in the future like this lovely new big going so I so <laughs> it's basically um a garage <laughs> which we cut in half so I put up um wooden boards in the middle because I couldn't have the full garage uh so we just had half so we put up walls and sectioned it off into this small space and at the start I just had benches and I was like this is great benches and shelves that's all I need to get going this gives me enough room to make and then eventually I was like right I'm gonna paint the walls so I painted the walls white put up some good lighting the place was it was great and then we eventually saved a little bit more we had the money for tiles put the tiles down and then I was like right this was coming up to Christmas so I had saved and like made all my stuff for the crafter so I'd be making all my hand-built stuff taking about the kilns back at, so then at Christmas I bought my first wheel and then the wheel was like really like the first point where it was like game changing because I was like right now I can throw at home like I don't have to just sit in uni all night long <laughs> so <laughs> I can sit in my garage all night long no I'm joking but we just like um I just started like keeping like keep going and just keep like I I think everyone I don't know maybe it's just me but I sort of have this mindset that things like I well I did but things just sort of appeared overnight like I thought that I could just like get up and just do it and it's been like a really hard pill to swallow like no like things take time like you just have to give everything time and just keep working and eventually like these things like I've gathered up so many tools in the past three years like I don't know about you but like my shelves are overflowing now and like first year Zara whenever I went in with my wee tiny toolbox like I didn't think (laughs) I would ever have that kind of collection of of stuff but the amount of stuff that I've gathered up over the over the past three years is insane but no um now I've got a wee miniature kiln as well it's a wee hobby kiln um so I have to fire I have to fire it manually because it was an old sitter but you know what it's getting me from A to B and I found it on Facebook marketplace and it's allowed me now to make and sell and get work fired and get stuff through and make a bit of an income to get me to the next stage so I have now purchased an even bigger kiln um which I'm so excited about because now I can do more of my sculptural things and um really like where my heart is and really do all this arty stuff um, maybe even run workshops or classes or it really just 
gives me a little bit more freedom of what I'll be able to do down the line. So oh, yeah, it's just it's just the garage, but I've made the most <laughs> made the most oh, of the garage. Yeah. Oh, don't knock a garage. My goodness. No, some of the best um work comes out of a garage. I have a garage. I'm not saying that my work's any good, but <laughs> garages are perfect. Yeah, oh they're really good. But yeah, so the hobby kiln that you have and the one that you've got, is that um a single phase kiln then? Um or do you have three yeah. phase available? No, it's a single phase and just plug it into the wall and away you go. Um, plug and play yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah. it's tiny but you know what it's it's doing the job and it's yeah. getting me to where I need to go next and I think that's the main thing like obviously like you just need to just keep chipping away if any if I could give one piece of advice it's literally just keep going and just chipping away and if you get up and do two hours of work a day like you're honestly like you're doing so much more than you think yeah and so were you using electric kilns then in uni or were you using gas or? Mainly electric. Now I've played about with the gas kilns a couple of times, but no, I've always gravitated towards electric. Um, and it's only been in the past couple of years, like learning how to like program everything and get everything running. But it's definitely something I want to like look into more and like play with more glazes. Like there's just so much, there's so much to do. Yeah, it, there's, there, you, I don't think anybody ever will ever master it, isn't it? It's it's almost like a separate degree in itself, just the technical yeah. aspect, you know? Yeah, it's but, crazy. Yeah, so what clays were you using in uni? Is that, are you going, Um, it, I know you've been using Parian porcelain. Um, Are you taking yeah. that right up to temperature then? or? So for the houses, for one of my projects, I made these little subgrass houses in Parian porcelain. Um, And I love porcelain. I love the quality and I love the colour. I don't love the shrinkage. The shrinkage is <laughs> heartbreaking. It's <laughs> par, par, porcelain and par, par porcelain shrinks like 20%, 25 mm. Like no. it shrinks an insane amount. So like you're making these big things, you put them in the kill and you open the door <laughs> and it's <laughs> tiny and you're thinking to yourself, what? Like where did this all go? But no, I love porcelain and I like really want to make more things in porcelain. I was slip casting in porcelain for my degree show so mm-hmm. like all of my not parian now parian was a bit of a nightmare because parian likes to warp a lot and mm-hmm. it's really really hard to work with mm-hmm. so i switched just to the porcelain instead and like it's been great for joining and all that no i love porcelain when i throw in i throw with stoneware but it's, porcelain is something like i'd love to learn to throw but porcelain is a nightmare like it's hard and I yeah. think that's why I love it just because I am so stubborn and I'm like no like I need to crack <laughs> the code of porcelain I, I kind of yeah I kind of say that sometimes it's like working with chewing gum like it's yeah. like a, a weird it's it's, sticky yeah it is yeah. and it doesn't like water but then mm-hmm. oh gosh it's just really annoying um but yeah so is that grog then or can you get even grog slip um whenever you're slip casting or is it just for throwing really um you can I think you can put grog in slip. Um, I've been playing with making my own grog. So like I would be like staining the porcelain and then firing it and then smashing it up and adding in my own grog to test, like trying to get the to get them to stand upright more and trying to stop the warp rage to see like ceramics is all about it's just all about like experimenting really, isn't it? And just seeing what will happen. So mm-hmm. like I just like whenever I was making my forms in the beginning I had a real nightmare to get them to not warp 
um the straight up ones just because of the height of them they just like to like lean over in the kiln and so mm -hmm. it took a lot to work out how to get them to stop <laughs> to stop leaning over there was a couple of times when I opened the kiln door and things would just be like lying on top of each other and you're just thinking why <laughs> why me <laughs> you lift it out bring it out into the middle of the hall set it down on the table everybody's like looking like <laughs> like don't know whether just big desire right now or not because uh it was so heartbreaking when things like just stick together um but I think that's just part and part and parcel isn't it really like things don't always just come out the way that you think they're going to that you think mm -hmm. oh yeah everybody thinks like ceramics you just put it in close the door open it up in a couple hours fine no like the amount <laughs> of times things go wrong is so heartbreaking but yeah. it's always makes it 10 times more worth it when things do come out great it's like little treasures coming out yeah and it certainly makes you more resilient as well you know I think oh, that it, it really I think ceramicists can sometimes have the best kind of you know um mental state because they're like oh well you know I've made 10 more in case that one you know messes up so <laughs> you won't put yeah you won't put any kind of love into that one individual piece because you know that that could be gone in you know moments but um but yeah so you said earlier that whenever you were even choosing your course that you were sitting there with your dad um mm -hmm. How have your parents, you know, reacted to you choosing like a degree in art and then for, for, uh, continuing on to be a business in this? You know, it isn't necessarily a very common career path for many people, but would you say that they've been, uh, you know, supportive in, in your decisions? So like whenever I was at school, like taking it way back to when I was at school, like I always just loved art. Like I did nothing else but art in my free time, like in the free period, I'd sit and do art. Like I just they always knew that that was going to be what I was going to do and they, they sort of they never discouraged me from doing it like ever like I was never told like no you can't do it but I was told like it's going to be hard and if you want to do it you're going to have to work 10 times harder because this is not something that you're just gonna graduate from and walk into a job like you're gonna have to carve like your own path and you're gonna have to do like you're gonna have to work 10 times harder everyone thinks that whenever you go in to do an art degree like there's like these two sides like somebody's like some people are like oh you're never gonna get a job and some people think like oh it's great like you can you can do whatever you want and if I was ever given someone advice who wanted to do art I would say go for it do it but just know it's going to completely consume you altogether. and if you want to make it work you're going to have to work 10 times harder than the people who are going to uni once a week like this is a that you're going to go to uni every single day when you come home from uni you're still going to be thinking about it if you want to do your business you're going to be thinking about it even more like you like from the moment you open your eyes to the moment you go to bed at night like this is going to be your life and when you love art and you love what you're doing it's not a job so it's not hard like it's, well it's hard but it's like it doesn't look like hard work mm -hmm. um but no they've always been really supportive and always just like pushed me to just do what I want and like they have like seen like the business at the start they were kind of like like my, my mom and dad didn't really get it like they did they're not really arty themselves so whenever I was like, right, I'm going to do this business, I don't think they thought it would turn into what it is. Like, I'm only a couple of years in, but I don't think they thought it would turn into what it is now. Obviously, they've always been like really supportive, but I just don't think they expected it to be what it is. 
do you think that your uh, parents then understand what you do? Because I know some people kind of have that. Like I certainly know that my parents, they they completely did not understand, you know, what my degree was about or what my artwork was about. Um, now that I'm making kind of more functional work, they obviously get it, but they kind of thought, oh, were you not like making plates and cups the whole time? Uh, you know, whenever I said ceramics, they were like, yeah. oh yes, you're making Delph, you know, you're making Belink yeah. or, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, no. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah so do you think that they have that understanding of like what if they were tell, talking to their friends you know they're like oh Zara yeah she she does ceramics you know that that's such a yeah. unique thing I don't know like I think that's a hard question like I I don't think they really know like when it comes to the art and when it comes to like the sculptural stuff that's just me and my little arty world and like just making <laughs> fun things like of course they're like whenever I came back from collect and I was like telling them and like showing them all these people and like sh- they'd be like look look at like this person what they're doing like I'd love to be and here in 10 years time they were definitely like well go for it like just do what you can do and just see what happens like um you might as well just try your best to see what happens if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out but like I've always just had to like just keep pushing like I when before I like did my business before I was able to really like do my business like full-time I worked in Bob and Bert's in Balamoney for three years and so like when I was in there like it was it really taught me to work too because it really gave me that drive because I was like right I need to do this I need to get through it but it also gave me the drive to be like well like this is not what I want to do forever like I want to do my ceramics and I like I want to do something creative and but I loved like the aspect that this was somebody's business and like they were running it and I was like how can I like have a little piece of that like something that's my own and like have nobody to tell me what to do like I just wanted to be my own boss and get up in the morning and wanted to like go to work because I wanted to go to work and like not have somebody to be like right sorry you have to be in here doing this at this time and all that so yeah it definitely I don't know they I don't know (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a goal for everybody isn't it whenever especially if they're going to be self-employed or if they're going to be starting a business you know it's that aspect that you're the one in control you're the one you know setting all the rules and things but in terms of the future then for your practice and um, even your artwork and developing that as well how do you see that changing I mean obviously we're still you know on tender hooks for your degree show Mm -hmm. which is next year so planning Mm -hmm. that done and dusted but it's still on a roll but what would have been your plans then after graduation um had it have actually happened you know the way it was to be planned it's it's definitely a hard one because I feel like I just keep going and pushing through and I know that the business side of things was always something that I wanted to do but also in the back of my head like I know I want to create sculptural work so I don't know exactly like it's such a hard question isn't it like whenever you're just Mm. when you're just finishing but no I want to create work to enter into competitions and do more galleries and do more exhibitions um and really push myself down that path a bit more but also like work on commercial things as well and try and juggle both like I don't know eventually down the line whether I will be doing both but at the minute that's what I'm doing yeah Um, I'm hoping to I've applied to do the artist in residence next year to give me another year at like trying to like maybe even develop into teaching because I've never even thought of like teaching might be something that I would be interested in but 
so I'm hoping that that'll maybe give me a little bit more of an insight into what whether that might be something for me I don't know <laughs> it's mm-hmm. still so like early days and yeah it's just so I don't know I don't know what I'm doing I just like keep pushing forward <laughs> Yeah, just one day at a time, isn't it? I think that's yeah. the the kind of mindset of, especially over COVID as well. It's just yeah. keeping it one day at a time. But even, I mean, even speaking to you now about all the processes that you've done and the development of your work for your degree, I kind of feel like, oh my gosh, you know, you've definitely gained enough even just for a master's right now, you know, because people wouldn't even push themselves as hard as you have in your degree. Um, you know, that, that people sometimes would even save that for a master's. So, um but is that something that you would have even thought about or even developed or continued no, on for a master's? like I would love to do my master's just at the minute it's so expensive and mm. I don't like I feel like I've always like all I've known my whole life is education like I've always been in an education and I think now is a really great time like especially with COVID like I can't imagine going in and starting a master's like in the middle of this whole pandemic like I, would I even have been able to like go into the university like like how would that have affected things so like I've always said to myself like once I get this degree like I'm taking myself out of education for a couple of years and really just running with it and seeing where I can go and like how far I can get and I've not ruled out the possibility of doing a master's like I'd love to do one but it just don't feel like it's the right thing to do right now mm-hmm. um I, I, I just feel like I need to get out and just do Thing. just like try and push my business more and try and make the sculptural work now that I've got this kiln coming I'll have the space um and try teaching and just try everything before I sort of like narrow myself down brilliant that I mean that sounds so exciting and I think that's a really good approach as well I think a lot of people just try and push on from their degree onto their master's and not that there's any problem with that but I know for myself I felt like I needed to take space and now that I have taken space I don't actually know if I could go back into education because just the way you you work like it was like a bubble you were there too like you're sort of in this sort of university bubble where and I feel like I needed that sort of I feel like I need that push now to just be like dropped into the world of craft and just be like yeah think or swim go see what you can do (laughs) and if I if I think then I might be like right I need to like retrace and like regroup and think about what I'm doing but at the minute and like where I'm at I just feel like I just need to go for it and just see how far I can go I mean are there other makers around you like I think that's something that I personally miss is um while I'm very much involved in the craft community in Northern Ireland it is there's nothing quite like your uni experience of having about you know 15 20 people working you know right next to you and obviously COVID and all that it's probably not gonna be the same in the future hopefully it will but I mean are there other makers you can kind of tap in with um I know you had an issue with one of your wheels and you had to switch it out and things like that like do you have a good makers community where you're based yeah so so whenever I whenever I was at uni like I fell in with this girl Claire who I met on the course now she Claire's from Kilkeel so like we are, we were inseparable in uni, like we were just been like two, like we just had our head down, work, 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 work all the time. And so I really do miss that sort of companionship, like and having somebody to be like, right, let's just go for lunch. I've just spilt 10 gallons of plaster. It's time to call it a day. Let's go. <laughs> but I definitely, like, I definitely still do have like such a great community at home as well, because there's um McCall, who is in Castle Rock, who does like I went to work out with her for a last last summer and we made and 
made bits to sell and like helped her with her parties and that sort of gave me a little bit of an insight into like that world as well of like teaching um but also then just around the corner is Flowerfield and Fiona and Jack McGonagall are down there and they helped me out a lot whenever I was at uni and I was struggling to get kilns like they would have been they were honestly a life-saving they were lifesavers at the time because they helped me get work fired and really pushed me forward as well and like I know I can always go to them if um I'm really like oh I don't know like what am I doing like because it is scary like this is such like an like um it's it's such a strange job to be going into like self being self-employed and like there's no like everything falls on your shoulders so it's like it's nice to know there's other people trying to do the same thing as you and like it's nice to know that there's people there you can talk to and who are struggling maybe with the same things or can feel your pain or feel your fear whenever you're just starting it's nice to know that you're not on your own so yeah there is quite a few and then Adam Frew is just around the corner as well um he would be quite close to me not far from where I'm at as well so no there's such a strong like craft community for where I'm at as well so it's it has been nice to have people to sort of rally me forward and be like you know like you can do it just keep going it's not that scary like you'll get through it <laughs> like just keep your head down and keep going oh definitely um another thing as well is that you were selected to do the AIB Graduate Awards um, in in winter. How did that come about and what are your plans for that? So I don't know an awful lot. I haven't got any of the details yet. I just, last week I got an email through to say that my work was selected, like they had selected my work to create a trophy for the Distinguished Graduate Award, um, which will be presented to the winner at the winter graduation, which is so exciting. I've never made a trophy before. I am really excited to start a new project because I feel like this has given me something to really like run towards next um so I'm excited to get drawn and sketching and doing that whole like hitting the ground running experience again I'm looking forward to it I don't know exactly what I'm going to make yet I have a couple of ideas on maybe doing something maybe wall-mounted or does it have to be like I don't know any of the technical ter- like what has the sizes or anything yet so I'm not sure but it, it's nice to have something to look forward to as well. Really exciting it's always nice to kind of have that just lined up anyway as well yeah. um so kind of thinking along those lines um is there anyone that you would maybe like as a dream team really love to kind of collaborate with or is there any maker that you know you've kind of seen as though like wow they are really just knocking it out of the park it would be wonderful to kind of work with them or even in terms of an apprenticeship we know that you've you know worked with Ed Bentley before yeah is there anybody else that you just kind of feel like oh my gosh you know that is a dream team kind of situation um that's a good one there's uh you know Sue from the throwdown on the judges on the throwdown she's like a oh yeah artist and she has got her own business and she is absolutely smashing it at the minute like making all the mugs and like I watch her a lot on Instagram stories and I would just love to go over um and work with her Friday I think that would be so exciting and just something a little bit different and like I love speaking to business people and especially businesswomen who just really got it together and like know what they're doing and like I feel like there's like something really exciting 
like comes to life when people talk about what they love to do so honestly anyone anyone I've ever spoke to that's like makers like even McCall when I went down to spend the summer with her last year like she just gave me such like an encouragement like I just left every day thinking gosh I just want to get back to the wheel and start making again I just love speaking to craft to craft people in general because I just feel like everybody's so passionate about what they're doing and like yeah. what they're making and everybody just has like different stories to tell but gosh that's such a good one there's so many like fantastic makers especially in Northern Ireland so yeah very inspiring to kind of see this community as well and how they're coping through all of this um you know kind of unknownness as well you know people are being very creative and people are being very supportive too but it's great to see that you've been really resilient in your business and in your artwork as well it's so encouraging and you've really got your head screwed on you know I feel so inspired I feel really hyped up and pumped now after this conversation (laughs) it's like the rest I think we've got another recording to do later but I'm like no I'm going into the studio and (laughs) this is it yeah that's brilliant that's brilliant what is your you've obviously said you're waiting on your very exciting new kiln what would be your next big purchase do you think or what are you kind of working towards there's so many things that I just love to buy for the studio. My next big purchase, oh, there's too many. I would <laughs> love a lathe. I'd love a lathe. And then I'd also love a 3D printer. Um, what else? There's so many. There's just so much that I just love. Like, there's just so many things that I have to save for now. But I think maybe it's going to be a mix. It's either going to be a lathe or a 3D printer. Not sure yet, but I'm just so excited there's so so much to look forward to really so uh what we like to do towards the end is ask a few kind of random questions so we would like to know if there's any podcasts that you like to listen to or anyone that you'd like to recommend or what what kind of what's your routine in the studio in terms of listening or yeah okay so these are two podcasts that I put on now whenever I don't really listen at the minute I haven't really been listening to like specifically craft podcasts I really enjoy like something a bit funny and a bit light-hearted especially when I'm making just to sort of like escape into and when you're making like it's hard to like watch and make at the same time so podcasts are great for that um but one that I've been really loving at the minute is a girl and her mother-in-law which is just like about a girl and her mother-in-law and they just talk about things that you wouldn't expect a girl and her mother-in-law to talk about it's just really really funny and then the other one is Beach Too Sandy, Water Too Wet, which is a podcast okay. where they like read like one star reviews from like all over and just read the most <laughs> ridiculous one star reviews. So like those are the two that I gravitate towards the most. It's just something for a bit of a laugh, really. Oh. So you'll you'll have to give them a listen and see what you think. But I I think Where they're so funny. What are their names again? Sorry. Well, a a girl and her mother-in-law. Okay, a girl and her mother-in-law. And the other one is beach too sandy, water too wet. And they're just funny. Like, they're just, like, it's just a bit of a laugh. Yeah, just something a bit kind of lighthearted you can kind of switch off to. and Yeah, just yeah. something to give you a bit of a chuckle whenever you're th- constantly throwing or, I don't know, glazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's gosh. so, like, hypnotic, isn't it, whenever you get into making that you sort of lose what you, your, like, your, th- your train of thought. So it's nice to have something on the background to like to focus on as well. 
Yeah, oh, definitely, because it could be really monotonous, can't it? Like, you know, you're oh, kind of doing definitely. sometimes the same thing, same process, um, although maybe different things each day, but sometimes those things can just be the same thing, yeah. same process. <laughs> so, it's all good fun. <laughs> yeah, but I'm going to check those out. They sound brilliant. Um, oh, I'm always so looking <laughs> yeah, for new new podcasts to listen to. Um, that would be great. Um, and then uh, we also like to ask, what is the last piece of craft that you've bought or maker or retailer that you've supported or is there anybody you just want to give a bit of a shout out to um I like I support a lot of like small online businesses in general um just because I know how much it means whenever somebody buys something like whenever you're like independent it's just like it just means so much more but at the minute um okay I have two one of them is food related um and it's Suzanne from Sweetness and Light Cakery on Instagram. She makes Ooh. the best brownies and she posts them straight to your door and makes yeah. really, really great Biscoff Rocky Roads. <gasps> I cannot get wow. enough of her Biscoff Rocky Roads and S'mores brownies. They're oh, unreal. unreal. <laughs> um, the last piece of craft I bought, I am a bit of a mug collector. So like I have a shelf in my room where I just have like a collection of handmade mugs because I'm a student and I just like love to like collect crafts but like I need to stay within my price point or I would go mad with this craft thing <laughs> yeah oh definitely but my last my last mug was an Adam Frew mug um but I also have one from Jack McGonagall one from Fiona um Fiona Shannon and uh, quite a few and then I also have one of Rebecca Kiln's little milk bottles yeah they're great oh local as well you're fantastic yeah. really getting it out of the park you're brilliant well like you have been such a breath of fresh air your drive and your motivation yeah. is so infectious really brilliant honestly and I love your honesty online as well you know you you're not one of those that you know are constantly just showing all of your success and you know how brilliant you are which you are you're totally brilliant and you could <laughs> you. you know you could just be showing all of the positives because you're so well-rounded you're educating um you know your followers as well and then your followers and people about the craft sector too which is really really important and it's fantastic and we've had an amazing time just chatting to you this morning this has been thank you so much brilliant I've um, loved I've loved being on this is a great escape oh good <laughs> thank you for having me yeah we're really sorry and that we couldn't you know feed you and yeah spoil oh, you rotten God. in person but You'll probably best the studio at some point and see what I'm up to yeah I love that. into the garage <laughs> yeah oh that'd be great fun actually that'd be brilliant so um just as a last thing where can people find you online I'm Zara Ceramics on Instagram on Facebook and then my website is zaraceramics.com brilliant and your studio is private so would that be yeah. appointment only yeah. yeah if you just drop me a message on Instagram I'm more than happy for people to just pop round but Brilliant. Yeah, just get in contact. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. What a brilliant episode. Thank you so much, Sarah. That was really inspiring. Both Robin and I had a fantastic time speaking with you, and I'm sure we will see you at Collect someday. For our next episode, we are speaking with Silversmith Stuart Cairns. It will be released on the 2nd of July. It's going to be a fantastic episode, so don't miss it.